Tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft beginning tomorrow, April 29th, and running through May 1st. You are Locked On Yankees. Your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Sporting News, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts because my full name is too long. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. And you can find me on the Locker Room app for iOS, also at Stace Gotts. I will be scheduling another room for later in the week, probably Friday night, like I did last week. We had a watch party and it was a lot of fun. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. It's going to be a positive one because Corey Kluber shocked the hell out of me and probably everyone else, I would assume. He lasted a long time. He looked good. He gave the bullpen a break. He got his first win as a Yankee. It was an all-around good night for everyone. Yankees were bashing home runs again. We'll talk all about that. I'll preview tonight's game, and I have other things to discuss. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. I am just a little too hyper today. I apologize. I'm just excited. I really, 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 really did not think that Corey Kluber was going to do much of anything. And I apologized to him in my postgame video last night. I'm apologizing to him now. Not that he'll hear this, but I just would like to put that out there. So Corey Kluber, I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry that I was obnoxious and joking about the fact that you would have to be the one to stop them from going into another three-game losing streak. And you did it. You shut me up. You pitched six and two-thirds. You threw over 90 pitches. You looked good while you were pitching. Some of your pitches were moving like the Corey Kluber of old, or dare I say vintage Corey Kluber. It was just a pleasing game all around. In segment two, we will look at Kluber's pitch choices and what his velocity was, and we'll get into all that. But we'll just go over the quick stuff right now. Other good stuff from last night, the home runs. Aaron Judge hit a home run. Kyle Higashioka hit a home run. Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run. And Higashioka, it's good to know that he can hit home runs when he's not catching Garrett Cole. So I don't know, that whole personal pitcher thing may be not true anymore. In case you didn't know, Garrett Cole, whenever he's asked if Kyle Higashioka is his personal catcher, he likes to make jokes about him being Higashioka's personal pitcher because it seems Higashioka always does well at the plate when he's catching Cole. But again, that was wiped out last night. So 
Maybe Higashioka should see more playing time. Aaron Boone says he earned his playing time, so you may see him catching over Gary Sanchez, which is understandable at this point, because Gary Sanchez cannot catch up to fastballs. And that is a sad, sad, sad development. Gary, where are you? Oh, I guess it should be noted that Judge was taken out of the game last night. He made kind of an awkward catch in right in the bottom of the eighth, I believe it was. I got confused and thought the sixth inning was the seventh inning and the seventh inning was the eighth inning, even though I was watching the game. I don't know what my brain was doing. Anyway, he made kind of an awkward catch. I think he believed he was closer to the wall. And it was kind of a scary hit, too. Um, but nothing came of it. And then he was replaced in the field. Clint Frazier went over to right field to play for him. Aaron Boone said after the game that Judge has been sore lately, so don't be surprised if you see him sitting out tonight. I did notice him making a face after making the catch, and just, if it's not a serious thing, sit him out tonight, give him treatment, make sure he's okay, because you don't want to play him if he's not feeling well, because then that will cause him to get more injured, and we don't need that. I mean... The Yankees so far, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. Not going to say it. I'm pulling the thought back into my head. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, let's move on to something else. How about we hear from Corey Kluber? He had some things to say after his performance last night. Again, his first win in Yankee pinstripes. I will say that Brian Hoke posted a picture of Kluber. It was a still shot from the Zoom room. And my goodness, he didn't look like a guy who got his first win in Yankee pinstripes. He looked like I don't know what. There's a reason they call this man Klubot, and here we go. Before the game, Aaron said uh, that he thought you, you were really close to where you needed to be in terms of your command, and, and just to go out there and do what you did tonight, how, how satisfying was that? I would agree with that. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it's always a work in progress, even, even after, you know, a game like tonight where the results end up being good. I mean, I, I still think you can look at things and, and find areas where you want to improve. Um, so, yeah, I think that obviously getting the win is the most important thing. Um, but it was good to, you know, I've been saying I feel like I'm close, so it was good to finally, you know, go out there and, and kind of string together a good outing. Go next to Meredith Morales. Hey, Corey, just what were you most pleased with tonight? Um, you know, I think that I'd, I probably had a goal to be a little more aggressive in the strike zone coming in tonight. And I think I did that. Um, you know, I think I've, I've kind of had moments where I've been able to do that up to tonight's game, but maybe not done it on a consistent basis as well as, as I did tonight. So that was kind of one of my goals coming into it. And it seemed like you worked pretty well with Kyle Higashioka. I don't know that I saw you shake him off once. Did you feel like you were in a good rhythm with Higashioka? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we, we talked about kind of what we want to do, what our plan was before the game. So, you know, I think when you're on the same page going into it, at least the way I look at it, um, you know, unless I strongly feel against something, you know, I, I feel like we've, we've done our homework ahead of time. So, you know, I think we're, we're both on the same page and it makes it a lot easier to just kind of get in the flow. Go next to Bruce Beck. Corey, how meaningful is it to get the length tonight, not only for yourself, but, but for the bullpen? Yeah, I think that's that's the goal every time out as a starter. Um, you know, it's it's not always gonna gonna happen that way, but you know, I think you're obviously trying to get as deep in the ball game as you can. 
<clears throat> while while trying to you know keep runs off the scoreboard, uh, you know, our bullpen's been unbelievable thus far this year. Uh, you know, they've, they've probably had to cover more innings than we'd all like thus far. Um, so, you know, I think for them to continue to have that that success throughout the, the course of the season, you know, I think that that as much as we can lessen their burden, the better. In a moment, we'll be looking at Corey Kluber's numbers from last night, i.e. the pitches he threw, how many pitches he threw, the velocity, who was swinging and missing, who was putting balls in play, all that fun stuff from Baseball Savant. We'll also look at the offensive numbers for the Yankees as a whole. But first, it's that time of the show when I gush about how great Built Bars are. Because Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar ever. I am not exaggerating. I love Built Bar. I wouldn't steer you wrong. Now, we may not agree on what flavors would be our favorites. I tell you all the time, I love mint brownie. I love coconut almond. I love double chocolate. Toffee almond is good. The coconut brownie chunk is amazing. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. They're great if you're a health conscious person and worried about what you're putting in your body. They're great to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And the best thing about it is you bite into it, you think you're eating something bad, and then your brain remembers, oh wait, these are good for me. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great for the keto diet. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's next, not first. So if you've bought 50 bars, you can still get 15% off. Again, more flavors that you can choose from. Birthday cake, that's white chocolate with sprinkles. Kind of messy, but still worth it. German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. My mom loves the banana bread, by the way. So if you like banana bread, get it. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. So I'm on Baseball Savant, I'm looking at everything, and this is interesting. The top pitch velocity for both teams, the top five pitches were from Jonathan Loisaga. His top velocity was 100.2, and they made it a point to mention that on the Yes broadcast last night. His lowest out of those five was 99 miles an hour. Giancarlo Stanton had the highest exit velocity, my God, at 119.3. Aaron Judge was 116.2, then Stanton also hit a ball 114.1. Gio Urshela hit one at 110.4. And Cedric Mullins, who is becoming Jonathan Scope. And if you get that reference, you've been watching baseball a little while and you've paid attention to the Orioles. Anyway, Cedric Mullins, 107.1. Top distances, the home runs hit by the Yankees, obviously. Stanton, 434. Judge, 397. Higashioka hit his 396. And swings and misses. Corey Kluber had 17 last night. That's a good sign. Bruce Zimmerman, his counterpart, who started for the Orioles, had nine swings and misses. Jonathan Loisaga had seven. Jay Fla had five. Cole Sulser. Oh, yes, Sulser. I was, we were joking about Fla's last name and Sulser because I was doing the salsa Seltzer thing from Seinfeld. That's an old reference. And Fla because I kept spelling his name out, F-L-A-A. Me and my brother were doing the USAA jingle 
This is how our brains work. I don't know. Anyway, you have to have fun when you're watching a baseball game. And it was fun watching last night because the Yankees were in control the entire time. That's what you want to see from this team. You don't want them to fall behind and have to fight back and then pull ahead and try and hold on to a win. You want them in control the entire time. And that's what happened. And again, that's what you're supposed to do against a team like the Orioles. Here is Corey Kluber from last night. All of his pitch types, swings and whiffs, fouls, balls in play, pitch velocity. We'll break down how many pitches he threw, all the different types. He threw 96 pitches. That should stand out to you. The Yankees allowed him to throw 96 pitches. He also lasted until two outs in the seventh inning. Six and two thirds from Corey Kluber. That's what we wanted to see. We've been waiting for this since the beginning of the season. He was really struggling to get through four. And for him to get into the seventh inning, that is a big deal. And again, I know it's the Orioles, but this is a good sign. He looked comfortable. He didn't lose it like he had in previous starts. He was kind of floundering a bit there in the seventh, but that's to be expected because this is the longest outing of the season so far. So 96 pitches, 39 cutters, 24 curveballs, 18 sinkers, 13 changeups, two four-seam fastballs. He got 25 swings on the cutter, five whiffs. 12 swings on the curveball, six whiffs. That's a nice percentage. The sinker, he got three swings, no whiffs. Change up, seven swings, five whiffs. That's a really good. I said last night on my post-game video that his change up was looking good. That shows you it was looking good because they didn't know what to do with it. Four-seam fastball out of the two that he threw... Two swings, one was a complete whiff. <laughs> now, his maximum velocity on his cutter was 89.7, and his maximum velocity on his sinker was 92.9, so that was the highest of all the pitches. His minimum was 78.6, and he did that on his curveball. He averaged out at 82 on the curveball. So, his averages, you know, it wasn't like he was throwing gas last night. He averaged 91.5 on a sinker. Everything else was below 90 miles an hour. But sometimes you don't need speed. You need command and control. And he seemed to have that last night. Thank goodness. Jonathan Loisica threw 28 pitches last night. 15 sinkers, 5 curveballs, 4 four-seam fastballs, 4 change-ups. He got 7 swings, 2 whiffs on his sinker. 2 swings, 2 whiffs on his curveball, so no one could touch his curveball. That's a good percentage right there. And the changeup, he got three swings, three whiffs, another good percentage right there. And as I said, he had the highest pitch velocity of all pitchers last night. He hit 100.2 on his sinker. He hit 99 on his four seam. And 91.7 was his max velocity on his changeup. As for Lucas Lecky, he only threw six pitches. So he didn't need to do a lot of work. He threw four four-seam fastballs, one curveball, one slider. He got three swings on the fastball, one on the curveball. And his velocity, that curveball that he threw was 75.7 miles an hour. His fastball max was 90.2. So that's a nice drop-off right there. That's one of my favorite things, and I've said this before, about pitchers who can throw more than two pitches. They have a fastball, they have a curveball, and they can go from around 90, a little more than 90, 
drop it down to 75, and that'll just screw with the hitter. Now let's quickly look at the box score and see how the offense did. They had 12 hits last night, scoring those five runs. LeMahieu was two for four. Stanton was two for five. Judge was two for four. Urshela was one for three. Torres was two for four. Higashioka was two for four. And Odor was one for three. As for the pitchers and their overall numbers, again, Kluber, six and two thirds. He gave up six hits, one run. He walked two, struck out five. Loisaga pitched an inning and a third, gave up one hit, walked one, struck out three. And then Lecky pitched the last inning, didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a run. He also didn't strike out or walk anyone. People were making contact, but he got them all out. Judge had pulled into a tie for most home runs on the team when he hit his home run, and then Stanton pulled ahead of him when he hit his seventh inning home run. So Judge has five on the year, Stanton has six, and Kyle Higashioka has four because it's 2021. And strange things are afoot. In a moment, I'll be previewing tonight's matchup against Baltimore. I will also have all the information you need about the Mike Tockman trade that happened yesterday. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on Bet Online. This week has a ton of sports action. Aside from all the baseball games and basketball games, the NFL draft is on. The Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even UFC and MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 5-0. Use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So as I said, previewing tonight, right now on Yankees.com, Domingo Herman is listed as the starter for the Yankees, but there's no one listed for Baltimore, so I don't know what they're waiting for. It's 1.31 p.m. as I am recording this, so it seems kind of odd that they wouldn't have a starter yet. Maybe they're waiting until lineups? I don't know. That doesn't really help the Yankees, does it? Herman is coming off his first win since September 2019. He held the Indians to three runs, two earned, over six innings. Herman worked on his fastball command in that game. He recorded six strikeouts and only gave up one walk in that game in Cleveland. So that's a good sign. As for the Orioles' possible batters and how they've done against Herman, Rio Ruiz in eight at bats is batting 375 against Herman. Freddie Galvis is batting 333 in six. Trey Mancini has faced Herman 12 times. He's batting 250. And the rest of the guys, there aren't a lot of numbers. So again, don't know who's pitching for Baltimore yet. Late yesterday afternoon, news came across the wire, i.e., Twitter, that the Yankees had traded Mike Talkman to the Giants for Willie Peralta. The news was first reported by Jack Curry of Yes. It sort of felt like a out-of-nowhere move, but okay. So, Wandy Peralta is a left-hander, and they'll be getting a player to be named later from the Giants in exchange for Mike Talkman. Peralta is 29. 
He was 2-1 and one with two saves and a 5.40 ERA in 10 appearances for the Giants so far this season. Over six major league seasons with the Reds, he pitched with them from 2016 through 2019 and the Giants from 2019 through just now. He's gone 9-9 nine and nine with two saves and a 4.72 ERA in 220 relief appearances. Aaron Boone said, we're excited about Peralta. We think he can be an important member of our bullpen. We'll just see how the days unfold and how we start to integrate him. Now, Boone said Peralta will travel to Baltimore on Wednesday, though he's not expected to be active for tonight's game, but he could be activated for tomorrow afternoon's game. Yes, it's an afternoon game. It's a travel day, I guess, for both the Yankees and Baltimore. The Yankees are only going back home to face Detroit. I'm not exactly sure where Baltimore is going. In 2020, Peralta was 1-1 with a 3.29 ERA, and that was in 25 relief outings. He held left-handed batters to a 171 batting average. That was 7 for 41, and he had 12 strikeouts. He struck out at least one batter in 19 of his 25 games, and he averages 8.23 strikeouts per nine. So that's good. Talkman, who's been used as a reserve outfielder and pinch runner this season, was batting 214 with a double and a walk in 11 games. In five major league seasons, with the Rockies from 2017 and 2018 and the Yankees from 19 to 21, Talkman had a hitting line of 250, 341, 411 with 13 home runs and 63 runs batted in in 193 games. Boone said about Talkman, hopefully for him it's a situation that he goes out there and can help a Giants team that's off to a really good start. I know they're getting a really good player. We saw what he did for us in 2019 and we know what kind of athlete and defender he is. So before last night's win, the Yankees recalled Tyler Wade from the alternate site. I believe they also recalled Michael King. In true Yankee fan fashion, a lot of people were overreacting to the trade yesterday. This is better for Talkman. He's probably going to get a better opportunity to play with the Giants than he would with the Yankees. And I think this is a good move for him, although he didn't seem to be very happy about it because someone found a tweet that he liked that was trashing Gary Sanchez. So that's a way to say goodbye to a team. So because I did that last minute show with Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox yesterday, I didn't even talk about Monday night's loss, which was very annoying. My goodness, what an annoying way to lose a game. It looked like the Yankees could come back and then Aaron Judge makes the last out at third base. Not of the game, of that inning. Imagine making, well, actually, I can imagine someone making the last out at third base during a game. We saw it in that classic game between the Rays and the Yankees in 2010, the Greg Gulson catch and throw. I believe, did he get, was it Carl Crawford that he nailed at third base? That was amazing. But you never do that. You're taught that in Little League. You don't make the third out at third base. I get that Judge wanted to be aggressive. He was probably also excited that it was his birthday, but that was costly for the Yankees. Thankfully, they came out last night, looked much better in all aspects of the game. And even Glaber Torres is saying that he's feeling better. And, you know, with a two, two and four performance last night, and he's looking better defensively, it just felt like these guys needed some time to wake up. I mean, that is slightly annoying to think about because their job, their main job is to play baseball. They have all winter to prepare. They have spring training to gear up for the regular season. 
And I don't know, for some reason, guys need that extra month to get ready, to get their timing, to feel comfortable. And thankfully, it's all happening right now around the same time for the Yankees. As I said, it was too early to panic. It's also too early to celebrate because they only just beat Baltimore in one game. They could lose the next two. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from them so far. This past week, they're playing a lot better. They're making more contact. They're not striking out as much. You want them to be able to hit home runs. That's coming. We knew that was going to happen. You knew this offense would turn things around. There was no way in your heart that you believed that this Yankees offense would be as crappy as they were in the beginning and middle of April. You did not believe they would be like this all season. You just didn't. I don't care what you say. There's no way. So to recap, I apologize to Corey Kluber for ever doubting you. I'm sorry, Corey Kluber. And I will always call him Corey Kluber, just like I do Garrett Cole and DJ LeMayhew. Why do I always say their names like they're Jordan Catalano? And if you get that reference, I'm proud of you. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. As always, please rate and subscribe this podcast. Spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Wednesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.